NHL teammates for 13 seasons. Now back together as on-air teammates. You are listening to the Cass and Juice podcast. Hockey, life, and other stuff. Here are your hosts, Ryan Kessler and Kevin Bieksa. Hey, what's up? Episode 10, Cass and Juice podcast. Kevin Bieksa is your host. Ryan Kessler is your co-host. Cass, what's going on? What have you been up to? Where's my intro, bro? That's all you're getting for now on. I waste enough time and energy preparing, you know, fluff material for you. I feel like I've been fluffing you for 15 years. You haven't fluffed me once. Really? That's so not true. Do you want to restart this and and I can intro you then? Next time. Yeah, next time. <laughs> There's always a next time. What do you uh what'd you do last night? Oh, I know, because you you're with me. Yeah, you? we we sat at uh Moxie's and uh ate dinner. It was a good time. Had a couple Guinnesses. Drank dinner. Yeah. Couple uh couple meals in a glass there. Not gonna like not gonna condone drinking to anyone, but if you're gonna drink beer, Guinness is the beer to drink because you feel unbelievable the next day. It's it's good clean calories. You know, I can't say enough good things about Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I agree. It's all I drink, and you know why. It's probably our favorite beer, and we've drank it so much over the years together. Yeah, I have a Guinness tap in my house, and I'm all the right. only one that drinks it. So, boom. Should we talk about something else other than our favorite beer in the world? <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what do we have uh, on the show today? We're going to talk about, yeah, I'll tell you. We're going to talk about Ovechkin because he just doesn't want to stop scoring goals. (laughs) Just just wants to score. He got a hat trick last night in the last six minutes of the game. Like He just is relentlessly scoring goals. He's getting closer to Gretzky's record. So I figure that we talk about just what makes him such an elite goal scorer, kind of some of his assets, what he's like to play against. And you you played a lot of shifts against him, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I played a lot of yeah, he's he's hard to cover. He can he can beat you in many ways. And then we got the expansion draft is still a ways away, but we'll talk just a little bit about we both had no trade clauses for the last one. Our guest will talk about it, I'm sure, a little bit, because he was picked up in the expansion draft. Uh he was dangled and picked up by Vegas. So I got a, I got a story about my my experience with it. You'll have, I'm sure you're going to have an experience coming up this year. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the rule there. I'm trying to figure that one out. Uh, let's, we'll have Bob Murray on and you guys can figure out the rule together. Bob Murray is guest. Yeah. So we'll talk about those things. And, uh, as always, we'll maybe talk a little bit about, uh, any good coaching stories you have for the week or how my academy's doing. Those, those things kind of always just pop up a little bit. You know, all my kids at the academy listen to this podcast and they come in and they'll quote things that you say, mostly you, because they hear my nonsense every day. So they'll, <laughs> they'll quote like, they'll just come in and they'll say just something that you said yesterday. And that just cues me that they've been listening to all the episodes, which makes me have to be careful. A little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a pretty quotable guy. So obviously. Back to you. What a terrible, what a terrible hotel you picked last night, by the way. Yeah, but totally like, redeemed myself. Today. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Totally redeemed yourself. <laughs> the old we'd, W. We'd be in the same room right now, but uh, it's just too much of a problem for our sound technician to, f- to figure out. So we have to be separated by three floors. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we're still trying to figure out that audio. We'll, we'll be in the same room one of these days. You remember when I had to sit in the bathroom the one episode? Yeah, the very first episode. Yeah, yeah and the funny part was you just had to sit in there to separate us from uh the, like the frequency, but you you actually played the part. You took your pants off and you pretended you were going to the bathroom <laughs> while I recording, mean, just to play into the whole bathroom thing. I didn't want to get my pants dirty, so why not, right? Poor toilet. We got a couple pictures of me on the toilet, actually. Yeah, floating <laughs> <laughs> around doing the podcast. <laughs> I, just, I just puked in my mouth. All right, let's let's move on. Yeah, let's go. So there's this Russian named Alexander Ovechkin, and the guy just scores goals at will, right? We played a lot against him. He's he's still going strong, though. He's been, I think he came in the league the same year I did, and a year after you. And he's scored at such a rapid pace that he is now kind of threatening the record of Gretzky that nobody ever thought anybody could ever get close to. And I think he's like 195 goals shy and like he's a good goal scorer everybody knows that cast but tell me what you think about like what makes him such a good goal scorer and then I'll, I'll just tell you what i think well i think natural skill um his shot and to be honest i forget who told me this but the team puts him in a you know the team doesn't throw him in front of the net right they they put him in his spot everybody knows where his spot is and then they they bring in people around him, like uh, Nick Backstrom, uh, Kuznetsov, um, guys that can can feed him, and they set up that power play because, you know, let's be honest, a lot of his goals are on the power play. Yeah. Um, now, what's they're bar, all right? they're all from the same location. But what what makes that power play good is you have two dishers, two left-handed dishers, and then you have three three right-handed activators. And for a power play to defend that, all three guys can score. You got Carlson on the top, you got Oshie in the middle, and you got Ovechkin. All so, at one-timers, like you said. All one-tees. And, and that's the way, if you're going to work it from the right side, you need three left hand. I think that's the hardest power play to defend because of that. Because you got to worry about the middle guy as much as you got to worry about Ovi. Because Oshie can shoot the puck. We all know that. He was an all-star this year. So, um but he can beat you so many ways. I remember this one. Uh, you might have been on the team that year. There was like 10 seconds left. The puck's all the way in the other zone. Ovi winds up, picks up the puck, goes through our entire team, and basically almost scores. So he's so dynamic. And, uh, you know, he's just he, – he's played with Backstrom and Kuznetsov. And both those guys are superstars in their own right. And you know, I, I think some other natural goal scorers in the league maybe don't have that around them or haven't haven't had the talent around him. I'm not taking anything away from Ovi. Um, but, you know, his shot is uh, probably the best in the league. Yeah, I'm just writing down all the things that you just said because there's so many things that make him elite, right? Like one of the best scorers of all time. You You nailed a lot of them. Some of the things that you did mention is he's durable, right? He's... Yeah. He's a bit he's a big guy. He's I wouldn't say he's in unbelievable shape, but he's a big body, so he's durable. Like he hasn't really had any long lasting injuries because he's a 245 pound Russian that just skates around and bulldozes people and 
guys try to hit him and they bounce off of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a huge asset that he's he's big and he's durable. He's aggressive. Uh, his ability to one time pucks like we all practice one timing pucks after every skate and everybody does like my kids at the academy practice one timing pucks after and before practice he's one of those guys you know when you get a bad pass in your skates or you get a puck a little bit behind you and you can't quite get good wood on it he gets good wood on every single one time pass no matter if it's in his feet no matter if it's cross ice seam from the top have you ever seen him whiff on a one timer ever never i never have and and the thing is people defend them too but but when they defend them you leave everything else open. And would you rather have a shot from between the hash marks, which is from TG Oshie, or from it's like pick your poison, right? And yeah, like like Oshie, Oshie's technically in, in a better scoring position when they when Backstrom or Kuznetsov has it on the half wall. That little slide to the middle for that one time there, that's more dangerous in theory. Or if mm-hmm. you go down low and he pops it quickly, Oshie in the soft spot, that's super super dangerous. You can't give that up. Well, you know what? Carlson now, he shot at 104 miles an hour at the All-Star game. He's got a bomb also from the top. Mm-hmm. And then, so if you want to put your stick in that seam and you want to put your stick in crowd Oshi a little bit, well then, now you got Backstrom, who's one of the best passers in the game, who can sauce across ice. And we've already made mention that this guy can one-time any pass. So that's what makes him, like, he's been so good for so long. He's got a big, like a big, remember his curve on his stick? Not remember it. He still has it, but yeah. he was one of the first guys with a big, enormous toe curve, mm-hmm. right? Where, and it's a whippy stick and he just like leans on that thing and the puck knuckles off of his stick too, which is hard for goalies to pick up. And the one thing that I, and you and I cast, we've, especially back in the Vancouver days, like we got matched up against him a lot. And how many times did we play him? And for, 55 minutes of the game he is invisible like he's just standing in a spot mm-hmm. he's like totally out of the game like no chances against and then he gets one little grade a chance and it's in the back of your net yeah. he's so opportunistic so, uh, you know especially in the power play you don't see him carry the puck up a lot on the power play right it's all backstrom or kuznets off and um carlson and uh you remember in, in uh when the way Torts and Sully used to have us play Washington's PK, oh, they had my. Mike Green at the top. <laughs> Tell we, the had this, we had to stand next to Ovechkin, and then the strong side guy had to stand next to the middle guy. <laughs> and we basically just left Mike Green alone to shoot as many times as he wanted from the top. And it worked, remember, though, because remember, worked. like Mike Sullivan's like, Torts, Torts has this figured out. This is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to put a guy on Ovi, and we're going to let Mike Green... It's my Boston accent right there. We're going to let Mike Green take one-timers <laughs> from the top, or we're going to let Backstrom shoot off the half wall. So, yeah, we're great. But then do you remember when we went to Anaheim? And, and we Trent, tried to do it? <laughs> Trent, Trent Yanni is running the power, or sorry, the penalty kill, and you and I went up to Jans before the one game in Wash, and we're like, Jans, like, we know how to play Ovechkin. Like, we have this thing that Torts taught us. It works every time. And he goes... Are you going to explain it to everybody? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll go on the board and we'll explain. And he goes, okay, you guys do it, but I'm not taking any any credit or any blame for this. Like, this is on you guys. So we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So I remember I went up to the board. I'm like, guys, this is what we're going to do tonight in the PK and, and draw, drew it all up. <laughs> do you remember what happened the first time they got a power play? So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're, doing, we're doing our thing. And, and Randy was the head coach and he had no idea what was going on. Shocker. 
and we go out there and I wasn't on the ice and you weren't either. So they have it set up on the half wall and we're just allowing that top one timer. Forget who it was. It might have been Niskanen. Niskanen so guy that was. Yeah, not with a heavy one timer. We crap we put a guy right beside Ovi. He just stands there and puts his hands up, like, okay, whatever. Seen this before. We leave the one timer option open and we got everybody else we think covered. Well, what Niskanen does <laughs> is he's like, Okay, I'm not gonna shoot one timers with my muffin. So he just goes and like casually skates all the way back door and Backstrom steps off the half wall and just passes it back door and just for a tap in. Tap in. <laughs> what Randy, the fuck Randy is going on? <laughs> bulldozing. Keeps waddling his way down the bench. What the fuck is going on here? And, and Trent Yanni's like, Juice and Kess changed it. Juice and Kess changed it. <laughs> just sewered us. Then he comes right back away. down the Maya. What are you doing? We'll change it back. <laughs> change it back. <laughs> Oh, I remember it was so embarrassing. It was like the uh, the biggest tap in. Well, it like worked easiest... before. Oh yeah, like. But they they must have talked about it, and you know what? Shame on us. Hey, they got us. They got. They, us. they we scored. Got they scored two more goals after that on the power yeah. play. Well, they're good. So it wasn't play. all our fault. What are you gonna do? He's. Uh, he but it, it is you. impressive what he's doing, right? Like fourteen goals in his last six games. He already has forty on the year. He already tied Gretzky's record for that, for 40 goals in a year, how many t consecutive times in a row, right? You know what I like about him is he has fun out there too, right? <laughs> like my the first game I played after Cole was born, I remember I flew home, he was born, and then the next day you guys were still in Wash. So I, I flew out back to from Van to Wash, played that one game against him, played every shift against him back then. Like I had a hard match on him. And I remember like every shift and I'm taking runs at him and I'm trying to get him physically engaged under his skin. And then he's taking runs at me. And then in the third period, the one time I remember he goes out and then I jump over the bench right after him quickly. And he kind of like peeks over to see if I'm on the ice and he sees it's me and I give him like a wink, like a one eye wink, like, yeah, fucking right. I'm here, but all, all hmm. night. Right. And he kind of looks at me and he just starts shaking his head and smiling. Like he, he enjoyed, <laughs> he enjoyed it. Like he just loved the battle and, I think he loves. He obviously loves scoring goals. I think right? that's why he's so good too, right? If if you don't love the battle and you don't want to compete, you're not going to score, right? Well, he's going to score, just not as much. And I think that's that's what keeps driving him, and that's what why he keeps having success in the league. And he loves to sell him hard. Oh, hard! All right, like you uh, saw Kate the one last year when he scored fifty the first time. Remember, he dropped his stick and pretended like it was on fire. And then no one celebrated with him. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It wasn't on fire though. No, it was pretend fire juice. He on actually the, didn't pour gasoline on it and <laughs> light it on fire. That's why nobody for, celebrated with him. They're like, "What are for, you doing?" For You're once, on I'm the smartest guy in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been those ten Guinnesses. <laughs> Great beer. <laughs> That's a good good time to move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, cast expansion draft is coming up nowhere near in the near future. So, this is <laughs> <laughs> this is more or less just a, a story about the last one because we, uh, like I mentioned, Peron, who's going to be our guest coming up, uh, we asked him about Vegas and about that first year that they were so successful and they had so many guys coming from different teams and the chip on their shoulder and all that stuff. So, we you had a no trade clause uh, for the last one, correct? Yeah, correct. And Get I, I did. Pairs, me and you 
had all known Drake. Just just four of just us. Just four of us, yeah. So I was asked to I was in my second I just finished my second year at a one year at one year left. And I was asked by Bob Murray to he calls me in for a meeting and he says, uh, like closer to so the, the expansion draft was in June. He calls me in thinking like April or something like that. And he says, Hey, like, I'd really like to preserve the, the youth of our team and, and, and protect some extra guys. Like, how would you feel about lifting your, your no trade clause? You know, you're not going to get picked up unless you want to, it's totally your choice. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll talk to you closer to like, I, I get it. So then he circles back to me and he goes, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I, you know, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I want to keep this this team intact and the youth intact. Because remember, we lost to Nashville like in the in the conference finals. We had a really good team, right? So this going to the next year, I'm like, yeah, obviously, I'd love to keep the team. I go, you know what? I go. So I try to leverage it a bit, right? And I say, well, give me an extra year extension then. If I'm going to preserve this team, give me an extra year to play with them. And he goes, oh, okay. I never really thought about that. But let me think about it. So then he calls me back a couple days later and he says. Uh, don't worry about it. Like, I don't need you to lift your no trade. I've already figured it out. So what happened was my no trade clause really didn't affect anything. And this is kind of a story that I have people ask me all the time because who did we end up losing in the expansion draft? Stoner and Theodore. Yeah. So Stoner was hurt and he had two years left making pretty big money, but he was hurt mm-hmm. and nobody knew if he was going to come back. So that was a little bit of a dump, but Theodore. And he didn't. He, he didn't come back. He was done. He didn't. He couldn't play. He tried to. He battled through it, but he didn't. And Theodore was my partner. And they chose, they basically had a choice. They had four defensemen they could protect. Fowler, Lindholm, Manson, and then they had to protect me. Well, you still had Vatnin, who was a top four, and Theodore, and then Montour wasn't exposed yet. So you had him coming up. So whether or not I lifted my no trade and say they lifted, I lifted it and they protected Sammy, well, guess who's getting picked up? Shea anyways. So he had to decide. Yeah, he had to decide between Shea and Sammy who we wanted to lose on defense because I think all the top forwards were going to be able to be protected. I think Silverberg, Raquel, you, Perry, Gatsy, and then mm-hmm. there was one other guy. I can't remember who it was. Might have been like Fermat or somebody also that had a no trade, I'm thinking. Mm, I don't think Fermi did. I'm not sure. So anyways, so they leveraged Theodore. They're like, we're going to give you Theodore because they didn't feel like Theodore could play in the big games. And they gave him up, and they and they got them to take the stoner contract off their hands. Bis- business move, right? Didn't yeah, didn't work. Yeah, I, didn't turn I out to be good. But if people are are upset with you for not moving your no trade, do people not understand that you take less money to get a no trade? So you have you have say on where you want to go, and and so you have stability for your family so that you know you're going to be in one place. That's the biggest thing when you're a professional athlete is, is not having stability and having your kids move around all everywhere, right? So I don't think that's fair to, for, for people to be mad at you. that You took less money to, uh, to protect, uh, to make sure you're on a good team, correct? Well, there's value. In, yeah, the no trade clause has value. That's money on the table. If you don't get that, you ask for or you're entitled to a little bit more. But my whole point is good for Theodore. You know, Theodore, 100%. if you want to talk about the, the team in Vegas, that how they were assembled their first year, they were assembled based on other teams across the league giving up on guys. And Anaheim gave up on Theodore. That was their choice. 
and he proved them wrong. And he's had a, a really good past five years and he signed a big contract and he seems to love it there. He's their number one defenseman. He's made it to the cup finals. You know, he's, he's got a bright future ahead of him. So much like Perron, who's a survivor to, too, which is good for him, right? Fuck. He's just overcome so much adversity. And I told, like I played with him. He was my partner and he battled confidence his first year in the league. And when he found his confidence in Vegas and when the coaches instilled that in him, he's just turned into a, a pretty special player. Well, I'm sure we'll have him on the show soon because he's a, he's a great kid, but he's uh, a guy that... It'd be that, good for him to tell, tell a story about how he was holding out. out and I saw him in Vancouver at uh, 40th when uh, with... Uh, I think he works with Damien and Ben. And uh, I saw him and shooting the shit with him. And then he told me the story and I was blown away that that he had to go through that and then the fact that they didn't even offer him a contract yet right. and he was just in limbo so i'm happy that they work sides out and he's having a great year yeah that's a tough tough thing they found it by fluke right at the world championships yeah yeah exactly right because he tested positive just in that routine blood work you got to do at the world championships i think after Games yeah, after whatever. one of the games, he he tested positive for uh, obviously a performance enhancing drugs, but obviously it was that he had cancer, and um, that was like why his levels were elevated. But better subject is I'm going to be in the same situation as you, I think, in a year. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there or i don't know the rules yet but we'll uh we'll see i'm sure we'll talk about it in a in a future do want, show do you want me to be in on the meetings with with the with the ducks do you want me to represent you <laughs> yeah yeah me me and you go in there we'll we'll bring a mic in there and we'll 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 put bob on the other end <laughs> oh god i think you're gonna need the support in that meeting uh, you who knows i saw you skating outdoors the other day maybe you'll be playing again uh we'll see i uh you know going for a light skate on a lake <laughs> and playing an nhl hockey game is completely different but uh yeah it was it's the first time skating so that was uh it was nice it brought me back to my childhood to be able to skate outdoors on, on a on a fresh lake it was the first time i got to actually skate on the, on my lake so uh Riker loved it he he had a blast I was just Andrew I was being generous. I was being generous there. I saw the video of you skating and you looked tight. <laughs> Real tight. And you're not talking about my weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that looks fun though. But uh yeah, you know what's going back to Theodore, you know what's funny is they ended up uh, trading Vatnin the next year. So they choose him to keep him over Shea, and then they they flip Vatnin for Henrique, who's still with the Ducks and real pretty good player. Having a yeah, game. he's a really good player. He's smart, really smart, really strong on pucks. I like Rico a lot. And then they Got traded Montour too. Yeah, exactly. And then Montour played one or two years and was like a top four guy. And interest interesting situation there in in Anaheim. Um, the the business of the game is interesting though. Who knows like what's what's behind some of these decisions, right? But ultimately, yeah, they have exactly. to decide. If these expansion drafts, who who are you going to let go of? You can't keep everybody. Who are you going to let go of? And sometimes you let go of the right person, and sometimes you don't. So yeah, no one has a uh, crystal ball, right? You but this one didn't just, work. <laughs> you got 
you got to make educated decisions, and, and sometimes you're just wrong. You win some, you lose some. You're listening to the Cass and Juice Podcast. Our next guest was a 26 overall draft pick in 2007 to the St. Louis Blues. 12 years later, he won the first Stanley Cup in St. Louis Blues history. And this year, he's a 2020 All-Star. And despite what he told me that he would never be back to another one, I think he will. And he's none other than David Perron. David, how are you, bud? Good. How about you? I'm good. You remember saying that to me at the All-Star game? We were talking. You're like, ah, oh, it's probably my only time I'll ever be here. I was kind of <laughs> like, that's not, you don't think that, right? Like, you're on top of uh, your game. You're playing the best hockey you've ever played. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to try and follow it up for sure. But uh, just being uh, real with myself, uh, obviously, in the first 13 years, it didn't happen. So it, it was really <laughs> exciting for me to to be there and uh, have my family there. And uh, I was sick the night before the game. And uh, obviously, if it was probably my seventh time, like other guys, I might have uh, opted out, but uh, really wanted to be there for, for my family and for myself. And um, I, I was lucky to be picked. So we were just talking before. What happened uh, last game you played in Edmonton? Because we've we've yeah. talked a lot about dental injuries on this show. You took one, didn't you? Yeah, it's uh, it was bad. Just like a couple of seconds left in the game. The game's over. I think we're down by two at that point. And um, Nugent Hopkins just cleared the puck. Uh, tried to clear the puck down the ice. It hit me right in the mouth, and I basically had uh, one of my front tooth and the one beside it um, inside my mouth, like still attached and everything, and. Uh, the dentist right after, like, froze me up and uh, pulled them back. I never had that experience before. It wasn't hey. fun. And um, meanwhile, you're thinking about getting on the plane. The next day, we're playing in Winnipeg and then um, back to back. And I had to go to the dentist at, like, noon to get uh, a wire put in so that the teeth can, can stay there. And then uh, I'll have that for six weeks. And uh, I had to play with a full face that game, which wasn't fun either. And... Uh, I'm already off that because it was tough to, to play that game with that. It's funny because this is the best English I've ever heard you speak before. Right, Cass? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Half the time I can't even understand the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gotten better over the years, uh, but it's definitely nice. Uh, I, I think early on in my career, it was tough to communicate with our guys and, and show your personality a little bit, but uh, it's nice I got better over the years. Let's let's go back a little bit. I want to ask you this question. It's kind of like an in-depth hockey question. And, and you and I, just to kind of let the fans know, you and I carpooled every day when we played together in Anaheim. So we had a lot of these talks in the car. And I learned a lot about what kind of person you were and kind of how you thought the game and everything. And some interesting things I remember from our drives. But you explained to me, like, just because you, you started in St. Louis, right? You were really good there early. And then you left. And then you were on a bunch of teams until you kind of found your place in Vegas, right? Then you go to the cup finals in Vegas, and then you go back to St. Louis, and you end up winning a cup. So, like, talk about just, like, the team dynamics and maybe the culture in, in St. Louis. We all know the story about how you guys were brutal out of the gates. And, actually, you and I had lunch at Christmas time when you guys were in last place in the league, right? Were you guys last yeah. place then? Yeah, yeah. right around the All-Star break last year, uh, right before that, um, I was headed to uh, – what happened? Yeah, I mean, just, um, I mean, what do you want to know? You want to talk about my career first or you want to talk about what happened? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, dealer's choice. Dealer's choice, whatever you want. <laughs> well, what 
I was I was good in St. Louis early on until I played Vancouver and you two were bullying me basically. So it <laughs> took all my confidence away. <laughs> I wasn't playing against against Kess a lot back then because he was playing against the top lines and uh, I was just a young guy obviously. And but I I did end up playing against the third pair a lot. Uh, so I, I play against the X a lot and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. And I and I targeted those white skates right away. White skates. <laughs> I still remember one face-off, though, where I think you had a really good year that year, uh, Juice, and uh, uh, myself, I was, I had a lot of assists, but not many goals. I want to say I had, like, three or four, and I was like, you were chirping me about that. It got to me so bad. I was trying to score so bad that game, but... Uh, there's anyway. no way, there's no way I would say that. Yeah, it was funny. Though. 100% he would say it. Yeah, 100%. anyway, like, to, to try and uh, kind of explain what happened, like, um, obviously when I got traded from St. Louis, I, I took it really hard and, uh, we were trying to build, uh, something for years there. And obviously we ended up doing it last year, but when you feel like you, you spend so much time, I'm sure you guys felt the same way you, when you were in Vancouver and, uh, and you were so close to winning it obviously uh, against Boston. But, um, for me, I was trying to do that for years and then you get traded to a team that hasn't made playoffs, probably won't make playoffs and you get there and you. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, obviously, with the culture there. Um, it was a lot different than in St. Louis, and uh, um, just basically ended up going to to Pittsburgh because all the losing got to me. And that's a conversation I had with with the the GM there, and he he found a spot for me. It was great. He gave me a great opportunity to go to Pittsburgh uh, on a good team, great guys. They're a great organization, but my game was not good uh, with the, the style there. I didn't play good at all, and. Um, it was very disappointing. I had to look at myself in the mirror quite a lot and uh, try and find my game. And uh, even though you said, like, I found my game in, in Vegas, but playing half, half a year with you guys in Anaheim was uh, probably the jump start of all that. Uh, the culture was very similar to St. Louis, what I experienced, the way our team was trying to play a heavy style, uh, down low, hang on to the puck, and then having great great guys like, um, Kess and, and, and you, Juice, to, uh, to lead the way and, and get seeing all that. Uh, I wasn't sure I was going to be welcome in the room, to, to be honest with you. Over the years, we've had our battles, things like that. So you guys were absolutely <laughs> And then I picked, you, I picked you up every day now after that. Yeah, no, you did. I, I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you, at the start. And uh, really, that you guys helped me a lot to uh, jumpstart my career. And then I went back to St. Louis for a year. I thought I had a good year, not really getting the – the same opportunity that I, I was hoping, but still when you're like second, third line, I had around 45, 50 points that year. And, uh, but they didn't, they didn't protect me. So basically going to Vegas, you're one of the go-to guys. And I was able to show, um, with what I learned with, with Getsy and all the, all you guys in, in Anaheim, how important the fit was. And I was able to, to basically uh, really jumpstart my career there again. And, um, since then it's been going well. Talk about talk about that for a sec. The expansion draft because there's one coming up, and uh, is it next year? It's coming up. Yeah, I'm already looking at places in Seattle. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, like so what cast. I'm getting to, yeah, exactly. What I'm getting to is is like to, for us, our team kind of looked at, at Vegas as not a joke, but you know, a bunch of uh, I think you guys called each other mis misfits. Yeah, and we're all excited to go to Vegas. Anaheim never got to go out the day before. We always have to fly in the day of games, but you know, I think that's to your advantage. And and like you said, you were allowed to uh, 
I think you want to say like talk about the culture of that Vegas team. Yeah, you guys exactly. Were all guys that That's were, what like, I'm getting to. I know. I know what Kess is trying to say. Like we know each other well, and he's saying like you guys were all guys that were let go from your teams and almost given up on. And then what? What you guys had such a special first year, and we all came in and thought we were going to steamroll you guys, and you guys were yeah. unbelievable that year. Like what was the, what was it like in that room? Well, I mean, uh, we caught fire a little bit early on. That helped us, but I think obviously being exposed. Uh, and I think most of the NHL guys like to play with a chip on their shoulder. Like I know you guys do. And that's when you play your best with emo like with emotion. And uh, our chip uh, on each guy was, was enormous. So uh, we wanted to, to make a difference. We wanted to show our teams every night early on. We were playing our one of uh, someone's old, old team, basically. So we tried to get up for that guy. Um, and then we won like three or four or five of the first five games and uh, basically starting believing that we were actually going to have uh, a decent team, that we could compete for a playoff spot. Um, and uh, early on, all our meetings were about, well, uh, work with us. We don't know what's going to happen from the GM, basically. Maybe guys will get traded early on. And then when, when we could feel the success, we are, like the message uh, started changing. And... Um, we really bonded together. Like I, I could see like team dinners. We were like 12 guys, 14 guys. And I didn't really see that a lot before. Obviously we had to, to get to know each other and uh, there was no clicks on the team because we had to, to be upfront and, and really get to know everyone. So uh, it was a, a great year for sure. Yeah. That's a lot. That's big dinners. If you're going out 12, 14 guys deep, usually you're right. It, it clicks off like six guys here, four guys there. But like yeah. you guys, you could tell you guys had something. Remember, Kess, the first game we played you guys in Anaheim, you guys beat us and you beat us convincingly. You had like 45 shots on that. And we were, like, we're all thinking, okay, wow, like they're, they're good out of the gate, but you know, it won't last. So the next time we went to Vegas, we were ready for you guys, but you guys beat us in a shootout again. And that was, I think for me, that was the game where I'm like, these guys, these guys are legit. Like, these guys are a good team. And then I think you caught everyone by surprise early, but you guys were just so good the whole year long. Yeah, no, I, I, exactly. We were, I think we surprised ourselves even, uh, I think, like, right before Christmas that year, we we beat Tampa Bay. We were first in the league to become first in the league, and I don't think that many of us believe that either. Um, we just kept going day by day. I think the coach was a big part of it. Of it. He was a, a reason. He wasn't killing us on video. He wasn't, uh, after a bad game, spending too much time on it and uh he's a players coach uh gerard galan we call him turk and uh obviously i'm surprised of his firing because i know all the guys took it really hard there most of the time when a guy get, gets fired uh, i feel like most guys are close or a little bit tired there's stuff going on for the last couple months but with him I, I didn't feel that at all for any of the guys that i talked to um so he was a big reason why we had success as well you know, you said earlier that uh, I, I remember from our talks is, and I really think that people that are honest with themselves and accountable are the ones that can get better because they know what they have to work on. I remember you saying that to me when you were talking about your time in Pittsburgh and I'm thinking you're on a team that's super offensive. You got Sid, you got Malkin, you got uh, all these other great offensive guys there. And you, you told me and, and you just kind of brought it up before, you're like, my style just didn't fit with those guys. Those guys are all so fast. They push the puck quick. You're like, I'm a guy who my assets are, when I get the puck down low, I'd like to hold on to it, protect it, and make plays. And you just knew, you're honest with yourself. You're like, that's not, I'm not going to be good in that environment. And when you came to us, you played with Getsy, and you guys were awesome because Getsy plays a similar game. And then now you're finding your stride on another 
team, like with O'Reilly and those guys, right? Like you got to know what makes you good. And you know that you're honest with yourself. Well, exactly. And that's part of the reason why I, I keep coming back to St. Louis. Yeah, I love the city and everything, but it's, it's more than that. It's, I, I know the fit. I know the team mentality, how the GM wants to play and uh, that he trusts my game. Like he knows that I'm not the fastest guy, but when I was in Pittsburgh for days and days and, and honestly weeks, I was hearing about my skating. I had to do extra skating after practice, after like you're, you're in the league for like eight, nine years and coaches are like grinding you like crazy, like you're a young guy. And you can feel that obviously they don't believe in you and they don't believe in, in your in your style and they're trying to change you a little bit and i i tried my best to to adapt but uh, i wasn't complaining and by saying that i'm also not complaining i just had to really look at myself in the mirror uh, i changed some things in my game for sure but yeah their, their style just didn't fit me they're they're a team that likes to flip box in neutral zone and um, and like you said, get skating on it and hopefully get a bounce. The puck goes the other way. The D-man doesn't read it well. Then they got an on-man rush. I'm a guy that plays down low. I, I, I'm not looking for two-on-ones all night and uh, try to play honest game that way. So uh, you guys were, were dead last like halfway through the year last year, right? Yeah, and when when you when did you when did you get traded to Anaheim? It was it halfway through the year about we were dead last too. Do you remember that? Yeah, we that had year? like a long yeah same thing. We were, I think we were one seven and one off the start, and then uh, we actually battled back to to win our our division, but we lost in the first round. How was the message the same? Remember, we had a lot of player meetings, and we we're you know we we're calling each other out and and basically saying, and that's kind of where I thought you know. The season turned for us was it the same in st louis and and uh how'd you guys do it yeah i mean uh, there was uh similar things for sure I, I honestly thought that year in anaheim was one of the better teams i've ever played on like from from you guys line shutting down guys over there every night to having getsy and some of the decor that the d's and our goaltending was unreal that year we had freddie and gibby so um i really thought that was that was one of the of the years I could, uh, could have won the cup, uh, as well. Don't forget Brucey. And, <laughs> don't forget Bruce. Behind the <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like you like Bruce. Yeah. I like, I mean, uh, I think when a guy has a little bit of success is most likely <laughs> like the coach, but, uh, yeah. personally, um, yeah. Like when, when you find a bit of success, it's yeah. I think I thought it was nice. He let me play my game. He didn't get on me. And again, coming from Pittsburgh where, it wasn't Mike Sullivan. I, got, I had Mike Sullivan for like two weeks only uh, before the trade. And um, I thought he was going to be good as well. But the, the coach before that, uh, he was on me a lot with my skating. And just having a guy that let me play and believed in me was uh, felt pretty good. Um, but yeah, like the message cast from, from our coaches last year was, was pretty similar. Um, and I think coach, like Chief, uh, we call him Chief Craig Barubi. He's... Uh, he just let guys play as well. He put us in, in the right spot. Uh, he had one-on-one -on -one meetings with a lot of guys, and he, he told them the truth right in their face. A lot of coaches can't, can't really say that. Like, personally, he scratched me mid-December trying to not only wake up the team. I took, like, two or three penalties two games in a row. He wasn't happy with that. And then I had the best conversation I've ever had with a coach the next day, basically, or the day that he scratched me. And uh, that – that really turned uh, my role around. He gave me a chance more than ever after that. And um, obviously, having Bennington came in and, and the way he played for us was extremely huge. But I think Chief uh, just put guys in the right situation and uh, he was unbelievable. And now fast forward to the end of the year. 
you're raising the cup. You know, I'm getting goosebumps. You know, I can, I can picture your face. I was so happy for you when you raised that cup and, and, uh, you got to tell me what you did with that thing. How'd you celebrate? Oh, I mean, we didn't stop celebrating for like five days straight after I, I had no voice. I lost completely my voice out like after the second day, but we just kept going at it uh, in, in St. Louis for like three days. And we flew right after the parade, uh, the whole team to uh, Vegas, basically the, all the players went and uh, we had fun there obviously as, as well. And um, after that, I think most guys were close to dying. So <laughs> we shut it down. For- <laughs> Your body's <laughs> yeah, already like- mangled. And then you go yeah. to Vegas after three days of partying. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, I think the journey of, of winning is the best part. It's, it's doing it all together with, with the guys like throughout the whole year. Uh, personally, the year before, uh, I lost in final to Washington. So I was a little bit thinking of what if, we lose again and then I'm part of the second team in a row that loses that would have been really hard to to take it as well and uh but yeah like it was an unbelievable summer and uh, a lot of guys were banged up but uh, we were able to to recover and obviously have a good start of the year but my day with the cup was uh, extremely special I, I hit all the spots that uh, that I wanted to really and and with my family and, and my friends and everyone and people in, in Sherbrooke back home was a special day for sure That's and then awesome pull it all together you, this year you have another good start i think you have your best best numbers to at this point of the season your whole your point of game right now you have over 20 goals already and you get selected for the all-star game you're you were the vote in right and you worked it hard on twitter and i i voted for you but you were <laughs> you were it working it oh god but you deserved it like i said so how cool was that to go to play in your first all-star game in st louis in your hometown you just won a cup I saw you the one morning, I think it was the morning before the skills maybe, and you and Mason, your son, are on the ice taking face-offs and just skate. Like, how that must have been amazing. Yeah, I was, that was the coolest thing. Uh, just uh, seeing guys with their kids my whole career, uh, skating on the ice, things like that. You want to be part of that. And to do it at the All-Star game was uh, a privilege. It was awesome. Um, and, and saying that, too, I was, I was extremely happy to be there with my three teammates, like uh, – when they announced that, I was pretty disappointed. I felt like I deserved to be there, but talking with the GM, he was like, it's politics, that's how it works. So you got O'Reilly, that basically was Smythe last year, our captain. Um, and then Bennington, that was basically another like candidate for Smythe. So I think the league wanted those guys there um, quite a lot. And um, I was lucky to to have a, an extra vote there, like you said, to, uh, to get in. And the fans really stepped up. And um, to have my kid there was awesome. Sherbrooke stepped up, right? How many people in Sherbrooke voted for you? <laughs> Probably every, zero. I don't know. Every French person in Canada <laughs> voted for you, I bet. Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, everyone helped me. I think St. Louis, obviously, the Blues reached out to, like, the Cardinals, the baseball team. They reached out to some of the celebrities that are in town and then baseball players, things like that. So they, they did a really good job to, uh, to help me get in, and uh, that was cool. No, I'm just teasing you, buddy. You deserve to be there. I enjoyed hanging out with you with you there and, and Vanessa. And we appreciate you being on the pod today. And 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 you're our I think you're our second Stanley Cup champion, but certainly our most recent. And it, it's interesting hearing the stories about, you know, the team and behind the scenes and the adversity that you have to like you have to get so lucky. You have to be so good to win the cup. And you you worked a long time for it. You won it. Kess and I are so happy for you. I'd love to see you win another one, bud, this year. 
Yeah, th- thanks a lot. Like it, I, I mean, you guys know it uh, just as much as as I do or other guys. But the journey to to get to the cup final is is actually unbelievable, and that's what's fun about winning it. It's it's not just raising the trophy; it's thinking about all that. And um, like we could have lost in the first round, second round, third round, and and could have lost in the final as well. And uh, we found the way each each and every time somehow to to get the right bounce or, or whatever. I, I still remember a wraparound by Jamie Benn in the uh, second overtime game seven in the second round. And uh, it's legit like an inch away from going in and Bennington somehow keeps it out. And then a minute or two later we score. Um, and just thinking about it, it gives me special feeling, but um, yeah, you're right. It's, it takes every bounce, every luck, everything going the right way. And we were pretty healthy for the most part. So that helped as well. We'll go get your teeth fixed, and we appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon, and we'll be cheering for you the rest of the year. Sounds good. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate yeah, thanks, it. Yeah, thanks, buddy. So it'll be interesting to see if Ovechkin can keep scoring at this same pace. What did you say, Cass? 14 goals in the last? 14 goals in six games, so which is pretty incredible. There's, there's 24 games left. That's 30 goals. Yeah, right? 30 <laughs> goals. So he's going to get a... Uh, Mathematician, 70 on, 70 on the year, but like, let's put it this way. How many players in the NHL actually score 14 goals in a season? Uh, if out of seven, 700 players, I'd say maybe a hundred, maybe. So he did that in six games. So there's yeah. 600 people that he scores more goals in in six games. So that's pretty incredible in itself. Yeah. Super incredible. Hey, um, just looking at some of our questions that we've been asked on the Kess and Juice, mostly on Twitter, a little bit on Instagram. And honestly, I'm not really seeing any good questions that I can answer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do see a lot of people that keep commenting on you blocking them. Like, how do I get, and you obviously can't read it, but like, how do I get Kess to unblock me? So, you know what? Reach Stop out to me. Stop being a dick and I won't. <laughs> hey, if you want Kess to unblock you, uh, you're going to have to go through me. So you're going to have to reach out to me. I'll screen you. I'll maybe listen to your one or two sentence blurb about why Kess should let you follow him again. And if it's good, I'll... Uh, you'll, you'll bring it to me on the show. You'll, you'll be like, hey, unblock him or keep him blocked. I can't and force Kess to do anything, but I'll encourage him to allow you yeah, back in. You read me back their trust. statement and I'll be like, okay, yes or no. You've been voted off the island. Circle of trust. Do you want in? Prove it. Maybe they just forgot they blocked me. So maybe that's the reason. Yeah. Anyways, uh, at Kess and Juice, that's where you can find us. Kessandjuice.com, at KBXA3, at Ryan underscore Kessler. I was told to speak really slow for the viewers. BXA is B-I-E-K-S-A. Not like how Don Cherry says it. Biesk. That's how Sammy Vatten used to say it. Biesk. All right. That was a good episode. David Perron, Stanley Cup champion, on top of the world right now, having another great season. We uh, look forward to seeing him. Hopefully, ho- he'll be our first uh, repeat guest if he can. And that's, that's tough to do, Juice, is, is winning the cup and coming back and having a strong year like he's been having. Your body's beat up, and you only get a couple months to re- recoup, right? So I'm proud that he's doing good. And that's the only reason we're even considering him to come back on the show is because we're you got to earn it to be on Kess and Juice round two. Like This isn't like a CBC after hours where they just let people on eight times in a row. Like you got to earn your right to come back. <laughs> you got to fight for your right. Uh, 
All right, Cass, let's uh, let's wrap oh, it up. Let's wrap it up and go celebrate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With some Guinnesses. <laughs> Ginai. They're called Ginai when you play the license. <laughs> Ginai. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>